Hey everyone, welcome to the Living Free Podcast, the audio companion to Living Free located in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're a nonprofit who provides churches and ministries, small group training and discipleship programs to help people overcome life controlling problems and find wholeness in Jesus. We're excited to be able to offer this new resource as a way to encourage, inform, and equip anyone who's interested in conquering a life-controlling issue. On today's episode, we're finishing up our previous conversation with the founder of Living Free, Dr. Jimmy Lee, and we're talking about why he started this organization and why it's so needed today. I just got jotted down something I remembered which is so important, I think, in, in living free over the years. We've talked about the three main tools that that Satan is using. And you remember we uh, in, in the curriculum, we talked about the fact that they walk in delusion, be, believing a lie, mm-hmm. and they then move to secrecy. And then isolation, it just, it's amazing how that pattern develops. Mm-hmm. But, we all, but we've always confronted that with the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the people of God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been some solid stuff over the years, Dan, that, that has remained uh, true today. Mm-hmm. When uh, when we talk about problems that people have, I mean, you know, immediately through the years, people have tried to put us in a certain category of mm-hmm. ministry where we're only dealing with addictions to substances. Right. And, um, but... It goes far beyond that, the problems that people struggle with. What are some of the other things that you've, you have noticed through the years? I, I think one of the things now is, is technology. I think we, we, it's a great thing, technology, the advancements that's been made. But it's also you can be used to keep a person in secrecy, particularly in porn, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I think it's... Uh, but I think I think the major issue is relationship, mm-hmm. not knowing how to deal with relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about great people, good people, love the Lord, mm-hmm. but 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 the relationships are shot. Yeah. And we've we've talked through the years of the categories of problems that people struggle with, and we recently come up with this little acronym called Bears. Mm-hmm. You know behaviors, emotions, attitude, relationships, and substances. Mm -hmm. All of those are things that hold people back in life. And when we talk about uh, life-controlling problems and the need for living free, whenever we say that word life-controlling problems, it's just like people just immediately freak Mm -hmm. out, you know, because Mm -hmm. they're thinking, oh, well, you know, that's just this, Mm -hmm. this one thing. But, uh, we know that people's attitudes, their mindsets, their beliefs, their false beliefs, all of those things can hold a person back from becoming a person that God has designed them to be. Mm-hmm. So I, one of the things I think that is so powerful about living free is that it's more, I mean, it does not exclude the substance addictions, but yeah. it recognizes that the problem is so much bigger yeah, yeah. than just that one thing. I think you hit something very important there. They don't see the whole. They just see the part. Mm-hmm. But to deal with it, you need to deal with the whole. Mm-hmm. And that's where the small groups, I think, are so helpful. Mm-hmm. And in the, the Living Free training where we're training people to be facilitators of the groups, you know, we spend a lot, well, don't spend a lot of time, but we spend a section of time talking about families. How does 
your background in a family and the relationships that were there and the events, uh, how does that affect a person later in life? I think it affects them. I don't think they have to live under condemnation. I think they can be free. But it, freedom is when we become transparent and, and turn it over to the Lord. But I think a lot of it is shame. They just feel other people think I'm not a good Christian if they find out that I'm struggling with alcohol or porn or whatever. And uh, But I think it shames a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, from the beginning of the ministry, you saw the power of working in a group mm-hmm. of people. And uh, typically a group of 12 people or fewer. Um, why is that so important? We, we need communication. We, we need uh, uh, family. I think, I, I think it is a family. Because so many of these people who are coming in the small groups don't have family. Some of them are missing a father. I saw a statistic recently like 600,000 people or young people go to bed at night without a father tucking them in. That sounds even low to me. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the big thing is small groups give family a sense of belonging, a sense of, of knowing that you can share and people won't tear you down. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think it's all, fa- it, it boils down to the family, Dan, mm-hmm. and what is truer than the family of God. Absolutely. And do you think that people are struggling more with problems today than they did 30 years ago when you began? I'd like to think, I don't like to think, but it's possible that we're, we've got more problems. And I think some of the technology that we made great advances in has helped expedite life controlling problems as well. Mm-hmm. And how do you see the church plugging in? Um, I remember when we first began offering living free groups in Memphis about 27 years ago in the church I was at at the time, it was a brand new thing. I mean, it was, it was like we had people driving 90 miles from other churches, other towns just to come to these groups. And, you know, people have gotten used to uh, in going to uh, these groups, but even still, you know, I remember talking with you and thinking about, well, at least 10% of the churches will be just so interested in providing this. And it hasn't really turned out to be that way. Why do you think churches are resistant to creating this kind of place to discuss problems? It's messy. It is messy. But it's fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And I think churches, we, 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 we get so caught up in growth, and that's important we forget to prepare, prepare the people for growth. Mm-hmm. And, and my view is much of that is because of life issues that mm-hmm. people are facing and are going unmet, the need. You know, you've, you've made a big uh, push from the beginning that in these groups we're not teaching people. No. Why? We think it's best if they have the inner relationships. They learn more like that. It's amazing in a small group, you can find a person that looks like they don't know beans about anything and can come up with something to say, say that touches somebody's heart in the group. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you don't have any gurus in there. Everybody that come in, the facilitator is simply guiding the process. He or she's not teaching it, they're guiding the process. 
So how highly trained do those facilitators need to be? Well, I don't think they need it. They just need to have some common sense mm-hmm. and follow directions. Yeah. So the curriculum takes you step by step. Takes you through, step by step. Through many of these things. Yeah. Um, do you see a great opportunity for the church in these days if they will open their themselves up to reaching out into the community? I think the door is wide open. I really do. You know, we, we've got some great churches across the country that does living free and does a great job. I think about the church in, in Ozark, Missouri, how they have, what, three or 400 there mm-hmm. a week, something like that. We have churches and, and the outreach that, that, it, that it provides is just outstanding. They can reach out into the community. I think judges and law enforcement people and teachers and so forth are looking for answers. We just got to make ourselves available, mm-hmm. you know, and, and work at it and don't give up. Stay consistent. Yeah. I think um, there's a, we have a lot of preaching in the world today and we have a lot of teaching and it's available on the internet and in all kinds of sources. And as Ecclesiastes says, you know, the making of books, there is no mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing we are not lacking for is teaching and instruction. But one thing that we are desperately deprived of is those sitting down face-to-face real conversations with another human being. Yes. And being able to talk about the issues that are going on in our lives and being able to pray for them. And we talk about in a living free group, if it's going to be effective, there are three resources that God gives us in that group. And that we, you know, we, we feel like when, when those three things are present in that group, that real change happens in mm-hmm. a person's life. Mm-hmm. Could you explain a little bit about that? Well, the first is the Word of God. It, it anchors you, the Word of God. The Spirit of God brings conviction, the Holy Spirit. But thirdly, we, we often forget about this, it's isolation. We begin to isolate ourselves. And, and to deal with that isolation we, we, we look to the people of God uh, to make a difference in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Just showing up, you know. I can remember seminars I've taught, and not one person show up. I, I can remember the seminars you taught in Clearwater. Yeah. I don't think there's, what, 10 people there? Uh, there were four. Four people, and, and out of that came, bless their hearts, both of them are going to be with the Lord now. But come out of that was a great ministry in that church. It was. Four people. Mm-hmm. So when we have that, you know, that, that dynamic of the word of God confronting our delusion mm-hmm. and telling us the truth, and we have the spirit of God exploring our hearts and revealing things to us, we have the people of God showing the, the grace and the compassion and the love of God. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is such a powerful thing it's powerful. that's working. It's yeah. in every group too. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a backdrop on every group that, that's taking place. The Word of God, the Spirit of God, the people of God, all working together. Right. So the opportunities, you know, are, are tremendous. And as I say, you know, God has opened up uh, doors for the ministry around the world. But can you tell us about some of the uh, a gratifying achievement uh, that you've experienced in Living Free Ministry? Just a highlight of of uh, of your time with it? 
I got I get letters from time to time that people share it. I received one recently from a brother in Birmingham. I may have told you about this. That talked about how if he had his time to go over, he would have used it from the very beginning. He said it's the best he's ever seen, best training he's ever. And this is a professional person. Mm-hmm. That it's a, the approach is the best he's ever seen. And that touches my heart. What touches my heart is to walk in here as we did today and see that it's going all around the world out of this little small office. Mm-hmm. This office is not going to impress anybody. We don't have any anything to draw people. It's clean, <laughs> and you got coffee. <laughs> it's a good place to come, but the, but the real happening is out in the world. That's where it's happening. Places like South Australia. You know, we went over there. God's still blessing it today. France, mm-hmm. still blessing it. And I, I hear about South Africa. I think good things are going on, on there. Mm-hmm. Just just all around the world. You know, it's happening. And thank God it's happening in America. Yes. Cuba is another one. Mm-hmm. It's a tremendous ministry in Cuba. I don't know what the exact number of people or churches we or ministers we have, but I say it's pretty high around the world. It's probably more than it's in the United States. Oh yeah, by far. Well, I think uh, you know when we're we're talking about uh, what God has done, the, the strategy that that uh, you have followed is to put in the hands of faithful people tools mm-hmm. that they can use to put in the hands of faithful people. And there's been this multiplying impact. Yeah. And I think, you know, because of that and because of your willingness to release the materials to other people and to help us to train other organizations to make them better as well, that that's been, that's been a great strategy. It's it's been effective, Dan. I mean, it's you guys are just blowing the doors off. Just amazing, yeah. What what God is doing through all of your workers out there in the field, and you know, it, when you look at it in the natural, it seems impossible. It is impossible, mm-hmm. but we just see that God's building it, and that's what's good. All right. Well, thinking about, you know, the the condition of uh, society as a whole, and how that people are getting farther and farther away from um, uh, a guidepost, a, a standard for their lives. And it's pretty much like people just do whatever they want to do and they don't want anybody else to have anything to say about that. Um, you preached a message one time about the little things that you find along the side of the road. Tell us about that, the thoughts that you had with that. Is that, I'm trying to remember. About the guardrails. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the guardrails are for a reason, particularly if you're going to the Smokies. And I remember riding with a guy over in France. I think we went to the Alps or some some big mountain. I came, scared the daylights out of me. <laughs> and he reminded me what I preached on Sunday, the guardrails. <laughs> and, and thank God he has guardrails. Uh-huh. But we have to use them. Right. You know, we can't just say, I'm going to jump this rail. That's a problem we have sometimes. People want to become gurus. Mm-hmm. We don't need gurus. We need workers. Mm-hmm. So what serves as the guardrail in our our existence? Well, it's the Word of God. But I think transparent communications, transparent friendships is so important for people to learn that they're not alone. 
you know, we, we have we have all kinds of ways to communicate with each other, but people are lonely. I really believe that. They're lonely. Mm-hmm. And when they come in and find the loving uh, God in a small group, it can change their life forever. We see it happen all the time. Right. And so what makes a living free uh, small group different from just a, a, a group that a lot of Christians attend where there's no agenda. What's the, what's the difference? You have a goal in mind because second Peter says that the, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Mm-hmm. And, and so we, we have a goal and, and that goal is we're going to follow the word of God, what it says and, and, and learn to apply it in our life. That's the key. Begin to apply it in our life. And then we, we begin to duplicate ourselves when that happens. Mm-hmm. And what's the difference between a living free group and a group that has a, a study guide, say like a particular passage of scripture or the, the sermon notes from, you know, the, the week before? What kind of, how does it feel different from those kinds of groups? You're involved. You're not a spectator. You're not uh, there to uh, glean the most knowledge mm-hmm. or to glean the latest author or whatever. You're there to focus on the Lord. The problem, sometimes we put a book in the middle of the group. It becomes a center. We become, we put other things in the center of the group, knowledge and so forth. But as long as we keep Christ the center, there will be freedom in that group. Okay. And what... Um what are your aspirations for living free as you look into the future? I want it to do just what it's doing right now. And, and, and God, you, you've been blessed, and God is using you, and you're to be commended. You, you, you've uh, been faithful, and God's honoring your faithfulness. And not, not anybody can do what you're doing, but God chose you, and it's obvious. Well, thank you, Jimmy, and I th- you know, I think from the comments and, and from the discussion, we understand that the need for something like living free never goes away. And it's a reflection of what happened in early Christianity, where people met together face by face and they shared their lives together and they prayed for one another and uh, they, they encouraged one another and they could confess their sins to one another. It was an openness there. Is there a safe place in most congregations where that happens today? I wouldn't say so. I think there needs to be. And I think more and more churches are coming aware of that for the need. But my concern is let's don't pinpoint just that alcoholics in stage four Mm -hmm. or that pornography or the gambling or whatever. Let's, Let's do it with our focus on God. Absolutely. Thank you, Jimmy. Everyone, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Living Free Podcast, and thank you so much for listening. To learn more about Living Free, how to start a group, order material, or make a donation, please visit livingfree.org.